When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. It is game week. We're here. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, chomping at the bit to get on the road, get to Minneapolis, boys, drive up, get a good steak Wednesday night, watch a football game Thursday, and we we got a jam-packed week, weekend, Uh, we'll introduce our post-game show back after the game, Oh boy! hopefully a victorious post-game show, and you can watch that live, we're we're shooting for about a midnight-ish start time, a lot of it depends on Sipple, (laughs) in the world-class writing he brings to Husker Online. We all just go at his pace. Come on, really? I mean, when you work the way you guys break it down. When you work with, I didn't know this by the way. This is breaking news on. When you work with the greatest writer in the world, you got to you got to accommodate the showtime. Make sure those words get tight. The slowest writer in the world. (laughs) But we will be live after the game, rain or shine, win or lose, um, for about an hour ish after the game. So it could be a late night, a fun night though. Hopefully, Minneapolis. Uh, but we're looking forward to it. I mean, I, I think we've all been – I felt like the last week at camp, we're like, okay, let's just play a freaking game. Yeah. I there's a, Just when you kind of think you know a lot, something happens and you're like, my God, what, what, I, do, am I, have I not been covering this team for – I thought for sure, for instance, MJ Sherman was a black shirt. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be like a captain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we don't want to totally or, expose I mean, okay, ourselves okay, a here. Single, a single di- <laughs> take it a step back, a single digit maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even that. Yeah. So I, there's just – I'm sort of amazed sometimes. Another thing, you guys probably live this too. You take one day off. I come back and I feel like I'm covering another team. <laughs> on your day off, though, Sipple did change his own oil on a motorcycle. I, I did a lot of stuff on Saved him about five, $500 is what you paid to get an oil change professionally on a motorcycle. Yeah, I'm supposed to say professionally. Yeah, I saved – I well, plus I had a my, – my shift was awry, and I fixed that. Um, so with the help, with the help of – Taking your phone calls here on Mechanic <laughs> Hour. Lines are open. Car talk. Jammed a hockey stick where, where the shift is, then crowbarred it out, and it's perfect now. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, yeah, so let's talk football. I'm with you. Like, this last couple of weeks, though, have been interesting. Like, the sudden rise of Deshaun Singleton. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, the, the rest of the single digits that we've seen. Um, you know, the fact that Nick Henrich wasn't among the black shirts or, um, you know, so there's, along with MJ Sherman. So there's a lot of interesting storylines there that we'll see. We, you know, we're going to talk to Matt Rule later this week, maybe get a little bit more clarity on some of that stuff. So, but for now, um, you know, all those like off-season things, there's a bow on it now. Now it's time to talk about an actual opponent, and they're going to play a real game, and I, for one, cannot wait. When Twitter does make announcements and things a little bit easier, like yes. all these single digits get announced on Twitter, so you don't have to, like, ask, work. You know, well, <laughs> right. 
pepper them to give you things. Right. And they may not be in a great mood one day, and, and just right. they're not great about giving you information. Uh, but the black shirts, we did learn the black shirts as well. And you mentioned that um, on MJ Sherman. Uh, 11 black shirts handed out. There were oars on the depth chart. None of the oar positions had two black shirts. So they just went with 11 um, and kind of a very conservative approach. I think the um, get off my lawn traditionalists like to see just 11 black shirts. I thought we could see maybe 13. Um, Nick Henrich would be one. And then NJ Sherman, you know, would be other. I can see why Cam Lennard didn't get one. True freshman yeah. has never played it down at Nebraska. <laughs> you know, make him earn a little bit before you put him in a black shirt. Yeah, I lo- speaking of get off my lawn, people. Um, I, yeah, I like the eleven. I I just like a just start it with eleven. Mm-hmm. Make some make some other guys earn it, I guess. Uh, eleven. If these are probably your eleven starters, and it makes sense. Again, well, I, there was there was those two surprises really caught me off guard. Well, God, I hate to say yeah. that because people don't like to hear us say stuff catches us off guard. Well, Henrich might be hurt. Guard. We think. Yeah. So, and again, I think it's. That's what we want to figure out here. But I remember listening to Tony White earlier this fall when he was asked about the black shirts and kind of his philosophy with it. And he said that he leaned heavily on the old school black shirt guys like Charlie McBride and uh, the Bullocks twins and, you know, guys that um, Bullocks twins. were part of that. Yeah, this was kind of interesting. Uh, <laughs> but like guys that had you know been around and been black shirts and been part of that and like cared about that tradition as much as anybody so i think that's probably why they're sticking with 11 maybe they're trying to get back to the original origin of what the black shirts were the 11 starters on defense Mm -hmm. and they're not going to give out 17 like they had when literally the entire two deep had a black shirt so i i personally like it i know a lot of other people too and sure there's guys that are deserving of them i'm sure and they're going to play a ton of snaps but the black shirts were supposed to designate your starting defense. And if that's your starting defense, those are the guys that need the shirts. Well, and maybe Reimer is the Mike and Bullock's the Will. And right. Henrich plays Will, or Mike, excuse me. Well, I think they, Sean, I do think they move those guys. They're, they're interchangeable. Pretty, yeah, the Mike and Will are pretty interchangeable. I think that's what you'll see. I don't, I'm, not getting lo- I'm not getting in that trap where I'm locking guys in. They're going to no. move them around. Yeah, this is not 1987 right. 5-2 defense. Right, is, not seriously. We have to remind ourselves that. Well, and I, I think the black shirts in general, it had become – it, it, it went down its own road mm-hmm. where it became this, like, psychological warfare game with coaches and yeah. how out, and when and, and what yeah. they were going to do with them. No, 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 no. That was never the tradition of the black shirts. <laughs> when they sent – that Bob Devaney, assistant coach, to the sporting goods store in downtown Lincoln, it was to get shirts to identify the starting defense in practice. And they they got a discount on black jerseys. And that's how they came up with the black shirts. And then it just kind of took on a life of its own. But it was never about, like, you have to be, you know, this type of player to get to wear one. It was always the starting defense in Nebraska. So I do respect that rule is honoring it, at least to that level of what the tradition really is. Right. It got a little funky. I mean, it was easy to do the 11, and, and this is what it is when Nebraska was really good, right? And there was really – you know, they didn't give up 64 to anybody, and then you're like, <laughs> are, are, okay, are we gonna, what are we going to do with this black shirt thing? Because we just – because Melvin Gordon just ran for four, almost 500 yards. So now what do we do? So there weren't, there weren't things like that that came up. You know what I'm saying? Texas Tech didn't put 70 on Nebraska back in the day. Then they did, and now what do we do with the black Mm -hmm. shirts? Because then you have this hue and cry in the fan base. How can you call them black shirts? Take them away. Put them in pink shirts. You heard all that stuff. 
right. So it, it was easier back in the day for Charlie McBride to, to manage it. And then it got kind of weird, yeah. right? But then they started, like, trying to get too into the weeds with it to where, like, they have to meet a standard. And no one knew what the standard <laughs> no was. Standard. And that standard varied from year to year, coach to coach, defensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, right. to where it almost, like, lost all of its well, meaning in a lot of ways. Polini didn't hand him out one year until November. Right. Yeah. I mean, remember that? Yeah. There's a lot weird. of stuff that's lost its meaning along the way here. Mm-hmm. It really has. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it. That's the way it goes. Now, it used to when, when Nebraska used to go to bowl games, I used to like that all seniors on defense would always get a black shirt. Yeah, that sure. was a cool tradition. Alex Henry got a and, black shirt. One, and specialists, yeah. um, like punters, mm-hmm. um, because they were, I mean, they were equally as big to the defense as anybody the way they placed the ball. So uh, that was always something cool when they would go to a bowl game. <laughs> we haven't had to Back cross that bridge. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully we won't have to have these kind of strange discussions about the black shirts this year, if you know what I mean. Right. Right, that they're not giving up seventy, and right. we have to reevaluate things. Right, hey guys, the defense is going to be the strength of this team. Sure, seems I, that I, way. I believe that. It sure seems, seems like eight of the ten single-digit voted players are defensive players. All of those guys are grown men, fourth to six-year type players in college. Um, there aren't any pups in those single digits if you look at it, and even on offense, Jeff Sims, fifth year, Billy Kemp, sixth year, Ethan Piper. Fifth year. Fifth year. And what happened in the, in the August, what we saw was the defense, I mean, based on what we heard, get an upper hand mm-hmm. during the month of August. Tony White's demeanor was that of a coach who had the upper hand. Marcus Satterfield's demeanor was fine, but it was not as confident as Tony White. So, and then Rule, you know, Rule saying at one point on a before, first words after a scrimmage were, well, the defense dominated the scrimmage. So, yeah, I think the defense had a good August. A good August from what we heard, from what we saw with the jerseys that you're alluding to. So now what will it look like against Minnesota? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to stand out against your own offense, but now you got to play somebody for real. Yeah. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk offensive storylines. We'll get you ready for Nebraska, Minnesota, and offensive things to watch. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel, Robin Washett, getting you ready for Thursday's Nebraska-Minnesota game uh, in Minneapolis. Huskers have not beaten the Gophers since 2018. Before we get into the offensive storylines, um, the segment of the Husker Online Show, and welcome our newest sponsor on for the entire football season, CHI Health Clinics and CHI Health of Nebraska um, sponsoring us here this year. And I want to tell you about my just my experience with CHI Health in general. Uh, I personally use the clinic in Lincoln on 40th and Yankee Hill Road, uh, with their brand new facility. Um, it is awesome. I mean, just all the services they can provide there. Um, you can get your regular annual checkups done there, which I do every year. Blood work done, x-rays. Uh, they have a pharmacy located inside there. But here's the best thing. They offer primary care where you can just walk in 
um, anytime from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Sunday. So I can tell you many times on the weekend when you're not feeling well, I've been able to utilize that and get immediately put on prescriptions and things. So I'm going into Monday morning ready to roll because doing this job, as you know, there aren't too many backup Steve Sipples or Sean Callahan's or Robin Washett's. There's you got to work through it. We've, we've done it before, Steve Sipple. <laughs> yes, we have. So thanks again to our um, newest sponsor, CHI Health. Um, and particularly, I want to talk about, once again, their, their clinic on 40 and Yankee Hill Road and just all the great services they add there. Thanks again to CHI Health. Looking forward to working with them here, guys, throughout the season. But let's get into offensive storylines now for Nebraska as we head into this game at Minnesota. And I want to start first with um, Jeff Sims because it's a little bit all over the map. What are your expectations for Jeff Sims in this opener? And you know, these are such hard questions. Like, what will his rushing total be? What will his completion percentage be? I mean, it, like, those are hard things to answer. Right out of the gate. Now, I'll sound like an old coach, I guess, but you just want to see him get the guys to the line of scrimmage on time. The operation. Yeah, yeah, the operational aspects. I want to see what he looks like at operating the offense. You take that for granted, but you shouldn't. So that, I want to see what his presence is like. And then accuracy and decision-making. It's really about that to me. I mean, a lot of it's decision-making with him because he has all the raw talent in the world. Mm -hmm. So it does come down a lot of it to – what kind of decisions does he make with the football? Mm-hmm. And I kind of we talked about this on the chat a little bit this week, but uh, one of the things I kind of expect is for Nebraska to try to keep things as simple as possible for him with their play calling yep. to where he's not sitting yep. back in the pocket for five, seven seconds and having to go through all of his reads. It's going to be catch, read, ball out. And Sticky routes. And the, the running element, they, I think they have to incorporate that part of it. He's too good not to use him as a runner, but I think you're – what I don't want to see is, you know, things don't go well, and all of a sudden they start Adrian Martinez in it, where the only way they can move the ball is by doing QB draws and, uh, you know, using him like a workhorse running back. So the balance of using his dual threat ability while also keeping him out of danger's way, that's what I want to see. And then also just with the passing game, you know, how, how simple they make his reads to where he's not having to overthink things on the road against a conference opponent. I agree with – here's what I, – I really think Nebraska will play it close to the vest in the mm-hmm. opener. I think Minnesota will too. I don't think you'll see – I don't think you want to make it too elaborate right now. I don't know if, you, I don't know if Nebraska's ready to be yeah. elaborate. So the, the other thing I'd say is look at – I mean, I think there's always a temptation that a coach has, like Satterfield, mm-hmm. when you have a quarterback that looks like that or you have a quarterback that looks like Adrian Martinez. There's a temptation just to load him up, right? Look at him. I mean, it'd be – there's a – you got to sort of resist this temptation that Robin alluded to. Tough situations, third and four. Eh, just hike it to the quarterback and, and, and follow the lead blocker and see what he can do. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't do a lot of that. I, I don't think. It's, I just don't think it's sustainable. No. Yeah, four or five games in, it will be interesting to kind of revisit how they run Sims. And, yeah. And because it sounds good right now to say we, we only want to run him selectively and when it makes sense. But – when you're third and seven, and that's your only way to get seven, yep. what are you going to do? Sure, not run? That's what I mean. There's a sure Frost plan was not to run Adrian Martinez like that, and then they couldn't do anything else. And so yeah. they had to go to it. If, like, I think we agree that if it all shakes out at the end of the season and Sims is the leading rusher for Nebraska, that's it probably won't be the kind of season you want. That's a problem. Or he may not be healthy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that formula has already played itself out every year at Nebraska where the quarterback has gotten hurt 
literally almost every season when they've started to run them in this league. When you're playing against NFL-level players on defense. That's what this is. And you have play counts that are like Frost's teams that are pushing 80 to 100 plays a game. That's a lot of hits. That's why on Sundays they only play 60. Mm-hmm. Those pro guys can't take 100 of those hits. Yeah, and, and what I think what you're alluding to is scouts will say that this is the closest NFL evaluator, the Big Ten. The Big Ten is the closest. SEC, too. Big Ten more because it's a bigger, more physical league. A little bigger, a little more physical than the SEC. I personally think the SEC is a better league, but I think the Big Ten is bigger and more physical. So it makes – so, yeah, it just makes sense not to throw your quarterback into that situation too often. Got to pick your spots. I think they will. Now, Gabe Urban Jr., speaking of bigger, he's 220, 225 pounds heading into this opener. He'll be the starter at running back for Nebraska. Um, his career high in carries is 12. His career high in rushing yards is 60. I think we probably all agree he's going to have more than that in this game or he'll need to have much more than that for Nebraska to have a chance. Yeah. I expect the overs on both comfortably. More than 12 carries. Yes. More than 60 yards. Will he get more than 20 is the better question. Or is it going to be in the that high teens? That might be pushing it. I'm, lo- I'm looking at high teens. Well, it just depends on how many plays they run. Right, because I don't think they're going to run a lot of plays, right. and I think they're going to have other backs in there. Right. 17 carries might turn out to be a lot if if they only run 55 plays. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know how it's going to sh- shake out. I'm not I'm not I don't want to make any predictions. I got to see it. He's never really done it. I mean, it's I, the situational value too. Really hasn't for, yeah, a couple I mean, games as a right. freshman. Right. It's the situational value of those carries. Can he get them on schedule on first down carries? Yeah. Can he convert yeah. third downs? Absolutely. Yep. You know if, if he can get third and ones, I don't care if it's only a one-yard gain. That's situational football, it's, and Nebraska's yeah. lack that at times. It's because I, now I, res- I totally get what you're saying, but I don't like it when we say if he can get that. It's not him. It's, he's got to get blocked. They've got to. They got to move the line of scrimmage. Right. We haven't seen a line a line move the line of scrimmage consistently for I don't know how long. I know I would sit up there and go, well, at least they got a stalemate. Frost's first year, they did at the end. Okay, I mean, they They're went moving. into Ohio State and moved them. That was, I was like, whoa, this might work. You know, the way yeah. they went in there and yeah, Tanner Farmer moving. and Gerald Foster and those guys were, were good pushing. point. They were moving the line of scrimmage then. That's probably the last time consistently. Sure, they would do it sometimes, but mm-hmm. that's what again, that's what I want to see. I can't. I mean, you can't evaluate running backs in in a vacuum. It, everything around them yeah. feeds into it. So let let's see what I'm. What I want to see is these running backs get more than what's there. I mean, that's the true. Really, the true. I mean, if you're really going to be a good running back, if four is there and you get it, okay, that's fine. You could probably, you know, that, there's a lot of guys in the Mid American Conference that can do that. The separators are the guys that get that get nine when there's only three there. Amir Abdullah did a lot of that. Remember mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Remember against Miami, there was nothing there against Miami. How many yards did he get? I mean, a lot. And that was kind of the knock on Grant last year. Like, he would get what was there, but, like, that ability to make a guy miss in space, he only did it, like, maybe a couple times that I remember. And yeah. so, like, he had potential to get a lot more yards than he did if he was able to make someone miss on the next level. So that that area needs to improve. But I think oh, when yeah. the traditional running game is concerned, it's about, like Sean said, getting third down converting third downs and short yardage situation, but it's also on first down, you want to set up second and six, oh, yeah. second and five, oh, yeah. second and four. Right. To, to where you're working ahead of schedule. Right. And guys, briefly, as we wrap this discussion up, the tackle play, Bryce Benhart, Turner Corcoran. I mean, what kind of improvement are you looking for out of these guys? I mean, I'm not, I'm not expecting this to 
to be like the you know the world's best tackles because we, we kind of know what these guys have been the last couple of years for Nebraska, but can they be improved? I mean that that's the question. Find and, out, Sean. and how much yeah. more improved are they from what we saw the last two years, which was the worst pass protection grades <laughs> in Power Five football on Pro Football Focus, and those guys get mad at, at Sip and us for but. They do. We're looking at the metrics. Like, why? I mean, why yeah. is it? Our I don't fault? need a PFF grade to know that they weren't playing well. And Robin I mean, has his own grade. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, that's kind of the thing where the bar is set so low. You would hope that they're better. Yeah. And by all accounts, you know, I, I do think they're going to benefit from continuity to where they're being taught the same thing for from one year to the next under Riola. I think that's going to help. And I think that they're going to have an offense that's going to protect them a little bit better to where they're not going to sit there and, you know, go from one week to the next having a totally different offensive identity all right when we come back we're going to switch the conversation back over to the defense how will minnesota come at the huskers you're listening here to the husker online show you're listening to the husker online show your authority on nebraska athletics and we're back here on the husker online show sean callahan steve sipple robin washett talking now defensive storylines as we get ready for thursday night's game at minnesota nebraska versus the gophers 7 p.m. nationally televised game on Fox. But before we get to that segment also of the show, brought to you by another new sponsor here for the entire football season. Pleased to bring on uh, Bauer Underground. Bauer Underground is helping shape Nebraska's infrastructure's future and is looking for new members to join the team with open positions for laborers, equipment operators, aerial linemen, and foremen. Bauer Underground is searching for the best construction. Visit BauerUnderground.com to learn more about career opportunities and industry-leading benefits, including competitive pay, employee-paid health insurance, dental, disability vision, and life insurance, 401k match, new top-of-the-line equipment, and clothing allowances. No experience in underground utility construction, no problem. Bauer will train the right people in the field, giving you the hands-on experience you'll find uh, to build a long, rewarding career. Want to learn more? Visit Bauer Underground on Facebook, to view the testimonials from our current Bauer teammates, hear about their experiences, the company culture, and the importance of their work. Bauer Underground is family-owned with crews and work sites across Nebraska. Where you live, Bauer has an opportunity for you. For more information, like Bauer Underground on Facebook or visit BauerUnderground.com. Come start your new career today. All right, gentlemen, let's get into it now. Uh, talking defensive storylines for the Huskers going out to Minnesota. And I, I think... The biggest thing is this the scheme. I mean, what will the first dose of Tony White's three three five defense look like? And PJ Fleck already at least has looked at it for a whole year before because he played Syracuse in the bowl game. Yeah, I do think that it could be an advantage for Nebraska. I think you could see confusion from Minnesota early. The question is how how will Minnesota I think it'll be. How quickly does Minnesota adjust? My guess is we will it'll be pretty evident to the naked eye that there's some confusion early. I think that White will try to do that. It only ma- it makes sense. Nebraska will move guys around. Hell, they confuse they confuse the Nebraska offense in practice. Ne- Nebraska's offense sees it every day. They mm-hmm. still confuse them. Mm-hmm. So I do think that that'll be a factor. Am I wrong? What do you guys read into the note about Minnesota's new co-defensive coordinator, Nick Monroe? who was at Syracuse on white staff and served as their defensive coordinator in their bowl game. How much do you think that will reduce the element of surprise on their end, given that he probably knows or has an idea of what white's going to try to do better than anybody. 
it, yes, I think there's – I can – I definitely think I could help, but it, he – White did not run the three three five with this set of personnel. Mm-hmm. That's that was my answer in the, yeah. the chat. Yeah, I think that that he didn't have the size in the defensive line like he has yeah. in Nebraska. He didn't have Ty Robinson, yeah. Mash Hupmacher at Syracuse. Personnel will determine how you you do certain things. So I think it's still an advantage. I think it can be an advantage. I'll be interested to see how much it comes down to. Come on, but it comes down to how how does Nebraska hold up up front? Oh yeah, pretty much against Minnesota on both sides of the no ball. Question. Yeah, on both sides of the ball, that's that's where your eyes should be most of the game, I think. How's, how's Nebraska holding up up front? The key with the three three five is where is the fourth slash free rusher coming from, or even the fifth? That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can you confuse them where they right. don't know? Right. And then that confusion creates negative plays that you win downs, then it helps you kind of reset your second and third down calls if you win downs. Yep. So – but on the flip side, you might give up a home run. It's been yeah. a good month. Again, we, we established that in a, a previous segment. It's been a good month for that unit. Now, let's see. Let's see. Let's see under the lights what it looks like because they're going to be challenged. Mm-hmm. Now, the good news, in my opinion, is Minnesota's strength to me, this is not Mo Ibrahim anymore. This is their strength, Chris Ottman, Bell, Brevin Span, Ford, not, not just those two. They have a good bunch of receivers and a quarterback now that can really throw it. Has a strong arm and is going to take chances. Runs the zone read. The good news, I think, is that, that Nebraska's strength is their secondary. If you can get some semblance of rush on, on Cali McManus, then you, you should be okay because your second, the Nebraska secondary is pretty good, I think. I mean, if I, I could be wrong, but I think they feel really good about it, especially the corners. It's interesting, guys – like Deshaun Singleton and Omar Brown, I felt like a year ago they should have been a factor, and they weren't. And now they're starters. And how about for Omar Brown making his homecoming to Minneapolis? He wasn't recruited by the Gophers. And when we did our interviews a year ago with those guys, he brought that up to me. Yeah, you know, that game is always going to be on his mind playing Minnesota because these guys didn't recruit him coming out of high school, and he's from the city mm-hmm. of yeah. Minneapolis. So he was asked about that this fall, and he downplayed it, you know, just kind of doing the – the coach speak type thing but you know that day when he did uh, the show with Sean I talked to him off to the side too for a story for our site and I asked him that and I can tell you this game means everything to him because he's a Minneapolis kid and he grew up wanting to play he went to camps and they just slow played him and slow played him and slow played him never offered so he ends up going to northern Iowa and so when he got this opportunity in Nebraska being able to play Minnesota was a big deal mm-hmm. and now he's going to go up there he's going to have a ton of friends and family at that game uh so that one's going to mean a lot for him so you want to talk about guys with a chip on their shoulder then when you're looking for x factors keep an eye on omar brown one sip you know this these guys they know rules listening to these comments and whatnot and he pays attention so omar brown like robin said he's going to downplay it but mm-hmm. we've heard him speak on this before oh, and you just you see it like, like that's the one thing that you couldn't really get was like you just like the deep breath before answering, like, you know, the, those little uh, whatever tweaks, or whatever. But he uh, he definitely has <laughs> something to prove for for PJ and crew. Mm. You have to rein it. In. You have to rein that in. But I, yeah, no, know, I'm sure he'll be fine. You're listening here to the Husker Online show as we talk more uh, defensive storylines um, heading into this game in Minneapolis. Yeah, the, the, the Nick Henrich storyline will be fascinating. Not in a black shirt. That's kind of a surprise because he was a captain a year ago. They're not going to name captains. Uh, but I, I do believe Nick might have got hurt, and that will be something to kind of track. Like, what will his status and availability be 
out in this game. And, you know, the Big Ten is going to require teams to release availability reports two hours before kickoff. So Sipple and I have already assigned Robin to write that report oh, for God. every game. Let's go. Absolutely. Yeah, just the Big Ten. It's just the Big Ten that's doing this. That, that yeah. Sponsored it, by Harris Casino. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, um, the other the other part of it, well, you know, why they're doing it. I mean, I was reading about it. We, me and Sean were doing the show Friday, and we didn't. It just had come out. You didn't really know exactly why, although it's generally a common sense discussion. And I, you know, LSU, by the way, not in the Big Ten, but they're releasing injury reports biweekly. And the reason that Kelly's doing it is, is because. It, he thinks it will stop outside people from peppering his coaches and his players for injury information. He, that's on his mind in this, in this new kind of day and age we're in. Um, he said, now it's interesting, Brian Kelly said, I, he goes, I don't know that that's happening or has happened, but we want to be proactive. Yeah. I, don't, I would say at Nebraska, mm, I'm just going to say I wouldn't be surprised if it's happened. Sure, it happens everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're a major college football program, yeah, especially in a place like Nebraska, people want to know everything, especially yeah. about injuries. Yeah. What I would appreciate is if we could just go back to the Mike Riley policy, where every Thursday he would take the podium, like, "All right, guys, uh, want to start with the injury report," and he would just go off and list everybody who was injured that you know could or could not play and give a status. Going and then what? He, out would, he would ask if he forgot Did I miss anybody. anybody? <laughs> hey, sip. <laughs> He wouldn't ask me, but he would ask the beat guys um, if if they if if he forgot anybody. Oh yes, yes, yes. So I mean, yes. I personally love that approach. <sighs> anyway, yeah, there's a lot of interesting storylines defensively. Bullock is an interesting storyline. He hasn't played regular downs. Mm -hmm. Singleton. Yeah, yeah. Singleton has played regular downs. Sixty nine. Yeah, Bullock. I don't think has played any. Am I mistaken? None. No regular downs. He's been on special teams, but he's never been out. Not, not, I mean, this is – I think he's – you guys have seen him in a podium. Sean, you've, you're very aware of him. I think he has the demeanor to handle this. He's, he's a very no-nonsense guy. Um, I, think, I think he'll be fine out there. But I mean, you've got to watch it. I mean, it's, it's – this is – I don't want to underplay this. This is – pretty tough test for a lot of guys mm -hmm. going to Minnesota under the lights and playing a Minnesota team that is very accomplished and is a program. Yeah. It's they, a program. They know what they are. Yeah, exactly. That's I'm intrigued what, yeah. at what that crowd will be like too. Mm. I mean, cause, sold out, but is it really like I talked to a ticket guy <laughs> and yeah. they're slowly they're like, there's just patches of seats that are slowly being released on the secondary market. So is, Minnesota kind of controlling the market by how they... Oh, I see. And then these tickets get dumped into the secondary market. That, that's a new trend that's happened around the country. So will it truly be 50-plus thousand people in that stadium? Um, I'm, I'm intrigued um, because the students are just moving in that week there. So there will technically be students there, but it is Labor Day weekend, and they don't start classes till Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And it's a gold out, so we'll be able to see what the makeup is pretty easily. Cool. Yeah. Hold on. All right. Out. When, we like when we come back, uh, we'll bring in Abby Barmar, who's been just working like a, a storm on volleyball coverage. She'll join us next here as we take questions in the mailbag. You're listening here to the Oscar Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. 
Uh, Abby Barmore joining us here for the mailbag. But before we get to the mailbag, Steve Sipple, this segment of the Husker Online Show is brought to you by Sean Larson Motors in Nebraska City. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go for a new experience at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors is one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one location. Finding your new Chevrolet, GMC, Hummer, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram has never been easier. So start your new experience today at Larson Larson Motorgroup.com or at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors, real people, real deals. I'll tell you what, that Hummer uh, line last week we got a lot. We got a lot of play on the Hummer last week. <laughs> well. Um, I'm glad people are listening, Sean. Third and one. <laughs> Third and one. Yeah. Ram that Steve Sipple Hummer right, right in there. Right, right. Just follow the lead blocker. You'll get there. Right. Move the well, chain. What do you got, Abby? Uh, <laughs> are you out, Rob? No, no, no comment. <laughs> what do you got to lead us off, Okay, Abby? here we go. Who needs to have a better performance on Thursday to beat Minnesota, the offense or the defense? Boy, there's a question. Hmm. Probably the offense. Because they got to find, they got to find probably twenty-seven points. Good answer. Yeah, good answer. I'll say often. I'll agree with offense just yeah. because that's by far the bigger question mark right now. And I think their play, if they're turning the ball over and they're going three and out and that sort of things, I mean, it doesn't matter how well the defense plays. Like they're they're going to have a tough time. Abby, I mean, it's a good question. The person asked, but you never, you always probably should include special teams in the discussion. I don't, I mean, it really the rule of thumb is if you play well in two of the three areas, if you win two of the three areas, you can win the game. So, you know, if Nebraska's, if Nebraska's strong on defense and special teams, we'll have a great chance to win. Okay, next one. What is the one thing that gives you confidence in Nebraska going in, into the Minnesota game? The sense of the unknown. I think Jeff Sims and, and what he can bring and Matt Rule. I, I just think you've got a head coach that has got a different approach, a different level of focus. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe what's been missing for Nebraska the last few years at times. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, I just say overall, I think the defense is a lot farther ahead than I expected it would be You know, going into the offseason. I mean, maybe that's a product of the level of play of the offense. I don't know. But the fact that they've been – the better side of the ball pretty much all off season and you see all the the single digits and um you know the, the praise that's gone on at all three levels of that unit it gives you a lot of a lot more optimism about that group than than maybe you had going in the spring it does until i see it though yeah i have to go with more something more abstract like an intangible and that is hunger i do sense that this is a very hung not that minnesota's not it's always about levels of hunger everybody's pretty hungry but there's some people are just more hungry than others. Some, some teams are more hungry than others. I, my sense of Nebraska's veteran players is, is they are sick of losing. They are sick of us. The, the offensive line is genuinely tired of hearing us question them. I know they are. Um, so I, I think there is – Nebraska will have a hard edge and a, a kind of a prove-it mentality, especially the veteran players, and there's a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, this is a veteran team that's tired of losing. I think that matters. What do you got next, okay. Abby? We've talked about this a lot, how the defense got eight of the ten single-digit numbers. Does that make you worried about the offense, that there's not as many single digits on there? A little bit on the offensive line, but <clears throat> Piper got one. He's not going to wear one because he can't. 
but Gabe Urban's the one that surprised me. Just just the amount of attention. So it leads you to wonder, like Coach Rule and the coaches are pushing him, but is the locker room? Does the locker room think of him at that same oh, level? Oh yeah, because I mean, it's a player vote. It's a player vote, and I do think internally there are guys in that locker room that think Anthony Grant's pretty good, mm. and they've they've seen both backs that the last two years at Nebraska mm-hmm. and watched them closely. So. Gabe Urban's got a big shoes to fill, I think, just to kind of prove it. And will Anthony Grant get that opportunity? Yeah. And I think a lot of it, too, is just the lack of established playmakers. Now, you know, then you can conversely say, well, John Bullock got one. He's never played a down on defense. So, But right. I think it's a, it's a combination of the offense still very much evolving at this point to where the defense has, as far as what they've been able to do this offseason, proven it a it lot more. Like and I think they just maybe have the personalities, too, that are – the guys that are stepping up and being those types of leaders to maybe that's that's still a work in progress on offense. The player vote is always a little bit. You got to if I were a coach, at least I'd make sure it's not just a popularity contest, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I don't know what to make of that disparity. Again, I hate to say this, people get sick of it, but Sean alluded to it. We need a game. A lot of these questions we get, I, it just feels like. I can't really answer that till I see him. I can't, I can't answer a lot of questions about Jeff Sims till I see him in a game against a Big Ten opponent, and here we are. I, I, and I wouldn't say this if they are playing Northern Illinois. No disrespect, but we're going to know. You know what? We're going to know a lot. Yep. You know, a lot of questions Thursday night. Yeah. Thursday we're going to know a lot Thursday night. All right, Abby, okay. what's next? Is there a Husker playmaker on offense or special teams that could wow the fan base on Thursday and heighten the expectations for the season? Billy Kemp. Um, I just think his ability with 140 live punts fielded in games, returned or fair caught, I think he's got the ability not to run one back because that's hard to do, but just give them yards when they haven't been getting yards there, it feels like, since DeMornay Pearsonell. I'll say Fedoni. I think that his ceiling, yeah. his ceiling in that tight end role, yeah. we haven't seen Nebraska utilize its tight end nearly enough for a long time, and they got a guy now. They got a horse. I think and they he's do. Healthy. Bob. I and think so. I think they do. You talk about all these questions at wide receiver. They got some dudes at tight end, and Thomas Fedoni tops that list. I, I'm most excited probably after Sims to see Fedoni. I, I, I just got to think that picture is going to look really good. I mean, it just looks too good for it not to translate. It not only looks good, but it sounds good. Fedoni is everything you want in a player. Yeah, there's a reason Rule loved him from the minute he got on campus. Right. He's very interested in winning, yeah. you know, and, and playing football. He's, he loves it. 6'6", six, six, two, what, 245, loves football, has a lot of ability. What, what could possibly go wrong? All right, time for two more, Abby. Okay. Which areas of the game or parts of the game are you looking for immediately noticeable improvement? Which parts should fans be patient on? And if there is a lack of improvement in what area, is which one is concerning the most? Hard questions to answer, but I would say the offensive line and how they push off the ball. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> that, I mean, that's the first thing you're going to look at. Do they get a push? Do they create movement at the line of scrimmage? And yep. do they protect? I mean, Protection on the edges. Yeah, uh, I mean, they say both sides of the trenches. I mean, where can the defensive line stop the run? How are they going to hold up against a very physical, established running offense? And then the offensive line, can they be a physical, established running offense and keep drives on schedule and protect the quarterback? It would be a 
body blow to this fan base is it if you're watching a game and it's apparent that they can't hold up up front right. because how do you fix that right where it's, how do you fix it where it's second and 11 and yeah. they just can't run the ball now you'll be able to against some teams it'll be okay against some teams that just aren't very good up front you know the non-conference opponents come to mind but in the big 10 it would just be it's hard to get better if you're at that part mm-hmm. if you're not if you're not holding up up front that doesn't usually get all that much better yeah the bigger concern though for me is offensive line if that offensive line is not good it's going to be a long year all right final question abby barmore okay this is one of our most popular questions every week before an away game so what is your restaurant recommendation or activity recommendations in minneapolis activity all right well i i'm gonna this is either gonna be the, the best idea ever or could be a long weekend for me, but my whole family's coming with me. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they're going to be like, guys, what a getaway this was, or guys, I'm glad to be back on a regular routine here. <laughs> but so what are you going to do? Um, we're yeah, leaving we're, Wednesday. Yes. Obviously, um, we're going to go to dinner at Murray's Wednesday okay. night. Nice. Same, we're, all, we're all at the same hotel, but I'll probably find you guys that are like, we have this 20 year history of this dive bar called Cuzzy's. 20-year history. I've been going there since... How old are you? I've been going there since the 04 Dairy Queen Classic. That's how long I've been going to this And that was a baseball tournament? Yes. Yes. At the old Metrodome. Nebraska's been playing baseball. I I cover it. I I don't know why, but I went and watched baseball up there once. And so we've been going to this little dive bar. Kind of... Dairy Queen Classic. The DQ Classic. That's a big deal. Real big. Uh, But, yeah, we've been to Manny's. You can't... I mean... Yeah. You, you got to bring your, I mean, it's a little higher price places, but you're going to get a great experience. You go to Manny's for the vibe. Like if you want to go to a nice elite steakhouse, like just for the atmosphere, you go to Manny's. But I've heard from multiple sources. I've never been to Murray's, but Murray's is right on the same bar food wise. It's just kind of got that older. 1960s. I, I heard it described as blue hair atmosphere. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> right up here at least. <laughs> more of a mafia type hangout, I've heard. Yeah. Okay. Feel, you know? So uh, that sounds more. The food is right. They're just very different atmospheres. We got a question on the chat about like places to go around the Minnesota Stadium, and the obvious one is there's a BW3s right across the street. Like Ooh. literally, you can see it from the stadium. Living Ooh. out of the box there, baby. Ooh. But if you go a couple blocks down the way, there's this bar that I really like called Stub and Herbs. Okay. And it's, you know, got. It's just kind of a, a, a cooler, low-key bar. Really good burgers. I go there pretty much every time I go up there for basketball. So if Stubborn you don't herbs. like BW, you've been there. BW3s, Stubborn Herbs. Wednesday night, can we go get steak? Yes. Okay. Let's that's go to Murray's. Are you guys, are you guys going to roll into Manny's or Murray's? Uh, yeah, Let's go to Murray's. Whatever you want to do. You, you wouldn't like Manny's. Okay. <laughs> why, why is that? Why do you say that? Too nice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, that's fine, and, I, and we'll plan on that. That sounds good. And then the Husker Bar, if you're looking for, like, a place mm, yeah, that you call. know Husker fans are going to be, yes. the Lions Pub. Yep, Lions Pub. Which is basically next door to Murray's. That is the designated Husker Bar. And every time I've been there, and I think Rob and I have been there six, mm-hmm. seven times. Now, Flooded with Nebraska fans. And it, it's just, like, the hangout bar for all Husker fans. So yes. Lions Bar, Wednesday night, great spot. If you want to watch the volleyball game especially. Oh, yeah. Um, that will be the place to go for that. And, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings, you can't go before the game, like Robin said. It's got an outdoor You can't get garden. any closer to the stadium. Like, it is like the Champions Club of Minneapolis, <laughs> but it's a Buffalo Wild Wings. 
Yeah, and you can't go wrong at Buffalo Wild Wings. Trust me. I eat there. I've probably eaten there 400 times. 400 times. 400. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we're going to close the show. Preview week one, Big Ten games. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett as... Uh, I want to talk Big Ten games, guys. We didn't get any Week Zero Big Ten football, uh, but we'll see everybody in action here on this opening weekend. Two conference games, Nebraska, obviously, at Minnesota, and then uh, Northwestern and Rutgers will kick off Big Ten coverage on CBS. Let's go. What a what – a, I mean, I'm sure when CBS signed up for Big Ten games, that was the game they were just circling for their first ever game. Well, there's at least some level of intrigue with – the uh, dumpster fire Northwestern has turned into, and how they're going to respond. Yeah, Northwestern has a chance for a good start to the season. Their their early schedule sets. I know it sounds strange, but it sets up pretty well. I don't. I can't say it off the top of my head. It seems like UTEP's game number two. Um, double check. Oh, that. there's a there's a there is also another CBS game at two thirty on Saturday. Ohio State Indiana is technically the first Big Ten CBS game, and then that that Northwestern game Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's a, probably an Ohio State. I fifty-two point victory there for yeah, Ohio State. Smoke the them. spread smoke is thirty. Them. Yeah, the cover. It's at Indiana. Ohio State cover. There will be as many Ohio State fans in that stadium as there are Indiana fans. I think so. Um, you're looking at some of these opening games. Fresno State at Purdue is intriguing. Really intriguing. Uh, Purdue, a three and a half point favorite mm. over Fresno State and West Lafayette. That. Of the lines, that is by far the closest line of the weekend. Every other line is a touchdown-ish or more. Purdue, uh, yeah, will have its hands full, I would think. I don't know a lot about Fresno State, but that ah, – come on, these early games are really kind of hard to predict. Hudson Card um, has had – I mean, I think he's impressed in camp. They feel good about him. I like the Purdue team. I I know they lost quite a bit, but they it's one of those stories of – they lost quite a bit, but they have quite a bit coming back. They're, the more I look at them, the more I kind of like them. They're a little scary. They're a little scarier it's than all you on think. Hudson Card. A lot of it, yeah. I mean, that's he's going to make them go. If he's Aiden O'Connell level, then cool. they're going to have a shot. Be really surprised if he's Aiden O'Connell. And level. Jeff Brom's gone, right? I mean, come on. Like Aiden O'Connell was as much an extension of Jeff Brom as anything, and just his ability to draw I'll give you up that. routes. I, I know I'm a broken record, but we watched that game, and O'Connell was making throws that were breathtaking at times against Nebraska. I mean, he was threading needles that mm-hmm. I, you just don't see very often at the college level. And he's in the NFL. There's no – I mean, there's – He's I was, doing well. He had a good preseason. Yeah, O'Connell's tough. Okay, um, West Virginia yeah. at Penn State, Robin, that's the opening NBC game for the Big Ten uh, that's a night game, though, mm. in State College, 20-and-a-half-point line. I mean, that's a lot of lumber for week one for <laughs> Penn State. I was surprised a little bit to see that line, but then I wasn't because it is a top-10 Penn State team. They're going to be good. And at night. At night. That's just – Well, there'll be a lot of sober people. That's hard to play for anybody. So, I mean, initially you're like, whoa. But then you think about it, it's like, eh, I could easily see that. Penn State loaded up front. I mean, they're, they're – that's – I mean, they're – then they have a great running back. We'll see what Drew Aller looks like out of yeah. Drew Aller out of the gate. But they're they're loaded for bear. P- 
Penn State. I mean, they're thinking they're thinking college football playoff as they should be. They should. That will be the best atmosphere of the weekend in the Big Ten, and I'm not even sure it's close. <laughs> you don't think Toledo, Illinois will? Maryland. Or towns in Maryland. Maryland towns. <laughs> <laughs> Utah State at Iowa, that's a big line, though, 25. I, I think we all are curious to watch Buffalo at Wisconsin. Yeah. That's a Saturday sure. 2.30 game on FS1. Yeah, for, for sure. Everybody's, I, I mean, a lot of eyes are on Wisconsin. How's that? What's that going to look like? They are the favorite in most people's eyes to win the division, even though they have these massive changes. I, 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 what is that going to look like? Mm-hmm. There's no line for Michigan, East Carolina. Who's, which assistant coach well, is th- going to be the head coach? It's 36 points. Oh, for I didn't even see it listed here. I'm on CBA. A 51.5 point. Um, over under 36. So they're, they're pretty much saying that East Carolina is hardly going to score. Um, right. That Brace yourself for this day. That game is only on the Peacock. Ooh. So can you imagine Michigan fans and just their anger that oh, they have to yeah. pay to watch the game and subscribe to the Peacock app? That that day will come, Husker fans. Yeah. We'll, we'll be having the same it's discussion. the new world. Where there will be our Peacock Wonderful. game. And the peacock. Games. That'll be. I don't know what to say about that. I think if I were a Michigan fan, I might just say, "I'll just read about this one." <laughs> I'll just go back to 1985. I mean, there like is some was, level of intrigue with no Jim Harbaugh. I guess. What is it? Does it matter? It won't. I don't but like. What, so. what does it look like? I don't think it sh- will matter. I don't think so. It's not. I don't want to play that down. It's yeah. the head coach isn't there. Vegas doesn't think it's going to matter. Hey guys, Central Michigan on Friday night at Michigan State. That's only a fourteen and a half point line. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's that's one to watch at least because Michigan State's got a lot of different things going on there, and mm-hmm. Central Michigan, at least on paper, appears to be a formidable team in the MAC, and that spread is barely two touchdowns. I mean that 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 is one where it could be an interesting game too. Yeah, yeah. You won't have to prod me to watch any of these. I I'll. I'm just glad it's back. Yes. Same. Well, should be fun. Once again, we're going to be live in Minneapolis for postgame. Um, hopefully around midnight or so, we'll hit the YouTube channel live. Uh, you'll be able to watch the rerun later on the YouTube channel for Oscar Online, as well as on our podcast network. You'll be able to pick up the show. So looking forward to a great weekend of coverage. Also a great time to get Husker Online. we got a special that runs through the weekend. Get a year for over 50% off to Oscar Online, or your first month for $1. For Steve Sipple, Robin Washington, Abby Barmore, I'm Sean Callahan, signing off for another edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.